This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the This Week in Rays Baseball podcast. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Thanks for joining us. Great to see so many of you at FanFest. Welcome to our show just before the spring training games begin. And with that, let's begin the podcast with Mark Topkin of the Tampa Bay Times. And Mark, it's kind of nice that starting Wednesday, we do have games to talk about. We've seen our fair share of PFPs and uh, probably enough live batting practice, too. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it does get a little mundane, uh, Neil, but, you know, as someone obviously as observant as you are, you can walk around the fields and pick up lots of little things they're doing, too. And and one difference I noticed, and, and I talked to Evan Longoria about it, and he said it was a focus. Kevin Cass mentioned it to them that they're trying to eliminate some of the dead time between some of the drills. So you see them you know, a little bit more pep in their step. You see them going from, you know, kind of an on-field drill, a PFP or something like that, right into a chalk talk kind of session back and forth, just trying to you know, keep it moving, keep it action, get the most out of the work while they're on the field. And I think they certainly have done that, at least from what we've seen over the past couple of weeks. FanFest, again, a success. 16,000-plus people at Tropicana Field. Great event. A little hairy for some of the players in U2 just trying to get there. I-75, a bit of a mess on Saturday. Yeah, there were there were a couple accidents, and obviously you, you certainly feel for the people involved in those. But you know, just some traffic buildup too. They're calling it "quote unquote" congestion on those little electronic message signs, and that's probably a much kinder word than most of the people stuck in it have used. And just a heads up for people, you know, if you're coming and, and the many thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, listening to this podcast starring Neil Solons, but. You know, if you're coming south to Port Charlotte or if you're going to Sarasota or, or vice versa, you're going north from this end, you better give yourself some extra time because that exit at uh, University and 75 has just been a mess with a capital M. And I am one of the many thousands who has passed through there, too, and found that same thing. So, yes, I would uh, double that warning for those of you driving through. You know, you do weekly during spring training in the Tampa Bay Times a look at what the Rays roster may be. You kept that status quo for a second straight week. Give us a little insight as to that. Yeah, I mean, in this particular exercise, it's still very early because really these decisions aren't going to be made until those last week or 10 days. But we do it every Sunday. It's kind of a fun thing to get people thinking about it. And, you know, right now I think the one the one question that is definitely fair game is what they're going to do with the catching situation. There's three catchers, and you can make a case for any combination of those two, whether it's Hank Conger and Ray Rivera, Rivera and Casale, Casale and Conger. There's different ways, and, and you make a good case either way. So that, to me, is one of the most interesting early ones. We're not going to get an answer yet unless there's an injury. But, you know, there's some other questions to it. I mean, how is that last bullpen spot or last two spots arguably going to be assigned and even the other thing is which we won't even get into this until the last week 10 days is the Rays have a lot of off days early on they have I think it's six off days in the first five weeks of the season so they very well could open with a 25-man roster with only 10 or 11 or 12 pitchers They're, you know they could do that differently and be short a couple arms early on because they don't need that fifth starter so you could see all three catchers for example you could see an extra outfielder an extra bat they could move guys up and down based on opponents all kinds of ways to do it yeah they do have flexibility there's no question about that in fact not only six first five weeks eight in the first 47 days of the season that's a lot uh inordinably high number you know you talked about the bullpen the Rays are going a little slow with some of their bullpen arms based on the workload that they had last year 
They are. And, you know, again, you know, I speak to the, the powers of observancy and, and we're joking about it. But, you know, it's not just walk around on the field and notice who's participating and who isn't. And, and you know, we saw that Alex Colomay and Xavier Cedena were not participating early on. And that it turns out it is by design based on their heavy workload in 2015, based on their projected heavy usage in 2016. Those guys are about a week or so behind the other pitchers. No one's no one's hurt or anything. That's just the way the Rays have it set up. And you're going to see Brad Boxberger, I think, get backed off a little bit as well. They're trying to conserve his work. He, he only may pitch, say, in seven or eight spring training games as opposed to nine or ten that maybe he would have done in the past. One guy who is working, and we've seen plenty of him, and he's made quite an impression, even though it's just live BP, that's Blake Snell. What a story. I mean, it's, it's, you know, you can't not talk to people about him. You can't not write about it because everyone's raving about the kid. And, you know, he, he's still 23 and he's a little, you know, taller than his body at this point and a little lanky and a little goofy and all that. But, you know, what a, what a pitcher. And, you know, Kevin Cash, I thought, had a maybe one of, certainly in the Kevin Cash standards anyway, one of his best quotes he's ever had. And he said that watching Blake Snell is like watching a 12-year-old kid throwing 98 miles an hour. And, and that's a pretty good way to put it. So it's curious. You learn something every day. Here's something that, you know, I, I know you know everything, but maybe something you didn't know. Blake Snell pitches, as we can see, really, really well left-handed, but he signs autographs and does everything else right-handed. I thought that was pretty cool. And what also was pretty cool, and I did learn a lot uh, about this, was your feature on Steve Geltz and his uh, kind of rags-to-riches story uh, that you documented in Sunday's Tampa Bay Times. What was the most interesting thing that you picked up in researching it? Thanks, Neil. And, and uh, you know, to me, that was kind of a tale of perseverance and a tale of serendipity and, and hard work all mixed together. But the most interesting part to me was, you know, here's Steve Gelt's pitching for a team in the Northeast Collegiate Baseball League and, and not knowing if he can even go back for senior year in college because he had a, a little bit of a suspension issue going on. And they end up by just good fortune being on the schedule for Team USA, which brings a bunch of scouts into town. And then there's a deal in a place between the a scout who's been watching him to tell the team not to pitch him. And then the coach says, no, I can't do that to the kid. I'm going to pitch him. He goes out and has one of the best innings of his life. He gets signed the next day. And here we are, you know, that was 2008. Here we are seven, eight years later. And he's a key part of the Tampa Bay Rays bullpen in the big leagues. Yes, not only last year, but certainly this year. And, and we'll see if many years to come. You know, one thing that we think is to come is a trip to Cuba. We don't have anything definitive yet. But Tony Clark, executive director of the Players Association, was in town to discuss that on Friday and much more. Yeah, and I think, you know, from everything Tony Clark has said, I talked to Rob Manfred last Friday. He was down in the Naples area, drove down to see him, certainly knowing how much work the Rays people are putting into this. I mean, there are some elaborate plans that they have spent, you know, hundreds and hundreds of hours on so they they everyone expects this to get approved i think it'll be sooner than later i think the trip will happen and i think you know we'll all get down there and and you know hopefully you'll be able to come out of the island as well i i hope so too and hopefully it's an enjoyable trip for the rays again assuming it does happen there's a lot more enjoyable things to come again starting with the games and the guy who will be covering it for the tampa bay times every day is mark topkin topper thanks again for being on the podcast as I tell you each time, Neil, always the highlight of my day, if not the week and month. That's Mark Topkin of the Tampa Bay Times. Now, several interesting interviews we had in Rays Camp this week. A couple of them I'd like to highlight. Let's start with pitcher Matt Andrees, who at this time a year ago probably was not really high on the radar screen, but he ended up making the Rays opening day roster and then was up and down five different times on the Durham shuttle, finishing with 25 appearances for the Rays, including three wins and two saves. Now he hopes to stick with Tampa Bay, and I asked Matt what he learned from last year. I think last year helped in a sense that I can pitch in any like any situation during the game. You know, If they want me to start, if they want me to relieve, I kind of got a wide variety of like opportunities last year, so... You know, even coming in the middle, middle relief, 
or even like you know like if they need like three innings to close the game out I've done that before too so yeah, it was just good to get it some experience and build off it for this year how much do you help your confidence because it's one thing to get to the big league it's another to kind of be at that stage where hey i believe i belong here yeah it is huge you know first couple months you know kind of feel your way through it and when i went back down to triple a kind of worked on th- some things with schneider and uh after that just came back up and uh you know just trying to have a little bit more confidence and going into this year you know just feel a little bit more comfortable you know coaching staff has seen have seen me play before and pitch and kind of learned a lot from them so hopefully they have good trust in me this year and just build off of it Kevin Cash had said, you know, the, the first couple of bullpens you threw, you look like a major leaguer, the way you carry yourself, the crispness, the fluidity of your stuff. Do you feel different this year than you do did a year ago, stuff-wise, the way you carry yourself? Yeah, I think I just have a better idea about how I want to get guys out and um, just kind of worked on that during the off season. you know, built, trying to get my change up a little bit better and just work on the high fastball and the breaking ball below the zone. And uh, just really worked on that this off season and got a little stronger in the lower half. Got a better, a little better workout regimen going. So, yeah, I feel like this year should be good. Was that in design? You mentioned the types of things you did based on, hey, you got through a major league season. You kind of realized here's some things I need to do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like I said, like seeing last year and how, you know, kind of had a little up and down there towards the end of the year um just to take the successful part of my season and try and build off that and work on that you know and i gotta thank like the coach the coaching staff to uh you know letting me know like what my strengths are so how do you view yourself starter reliever obviously coming up through the padres organization you were a starter and you started a lot last year too yeah i still view myself as a starter but with our strong rotation we have here and all that, you know, in the AL East, I think that uh, this year, you know, I'm just, I'll do whatever they need me to do. I'd rather be start if somebody goes down or, you know, if whether be like lawn relief or whatever I did last year. So I still view myself as a starter long term, but, you know, whatever I can do to help the team out this year, I'm more than happy to do that. You mentioned kind of strengthening your lower half. I know a lot was made from Jake Rizzi last year. He put on 20 pounds a year ago. He put on another five or six for this year. Did you put on? Are you are you bigger than yeah. last year? Yeah, I think I just uh, worked on staying a little bit more fit. And uh, last year was tough to get in a routine because you never knew never knew when I was going to be pitching. But uh, I kind of built off that this off season and uh, just yeah, probably I'm about the same weight, but kind of added some muscle, cut down some fat. So hopefully I can build off that for this year and keep the good routine going. You also had a pretty busy off season, not only working out, but you had your jersey retired uh, for your high school. What was that like? It was fun. You know, it was a little last minute thing. They told me that my number was going to be retired, and it was it was fun to go there. And it was during a camp, so they had a bunch of kids there, and it was fun to have it retired in front of a bunch of local Redlands kids that you know can see how someone like myself got through high school and college and kind of made it through. So it's pretty. Pretty cool situation, yeah. That's righty pitcher Matt Andres, one of three players acquired in a trade with San Diego that's made the majors. Logan Forsyth, Brad Boxberger, certainly two key pieces for this year, were the others. Now, Andres was acquired via trade, but the Rays also 
have some really interesting players in camp that are homegrown, and Taylor Motter is among them. Drafted in 2011, Motter was just added to the 40-man roster for the first time this offseason. The MVP with Durham a year ago, Motter told me what it meant to be added to the race 40-man roster. Oh, it's great. You know, it's another step in your career and, and uh, another step in the right direction. Um, and I'm excited to see what the future holds and, and just attack every day like it's my last and, and see what happens. You also played winter ball for a second straight season. Last year it was Venezuela. This year it was the Dominican. How different were the experiences from a cultural standpoint? Um, the the Dominican's a little more better off, I would say, than Venezuela. Um, but in Venezuela I was on the island, so it wasn't all terrible. Um, the Dominican was great. You know, it, they're tough to compare, but I had a good time last year and this year. And um, you know, I. Wouldn't mind making the Dominican a home for winter ball for a couple more years and, and, and see what happens. The biggest difference on the field was the fact that you got to play some shortstop. Whose directive was that and how gratifying was it? Because you really haven't played a lot of shortstop since you joined the race system. Yeah, I haven't really had the opportunity, and that's fine. You know, you know turn me into a utility guy, and, and I've taken full advantage of it and, and been happy to do it. Um, but the year I was going to go down there and get to play short consistently was... Uh, it just was like a blessing. God, you know, God came down, lined up all the stars, and, and it, it just happened. Um, it wasn't, now I don't know how much the Rays had to do with it or, or outside factors. I just know they called me and said, hey, we're, we need an opening day guy, and we need you to get down here so we can see what you have. And, you know, I was on the next flight ready to go. And now you're getting the opportunity, I would think, in camp to play some shortstop too because it would seem that that's fairly important to show, hey, I can be a true utility guy. Yeah, I, I feel like if you could play short, you can pretty much get the other ones down. Um, like you said, you got to build a foundation at, at, at one spot in the infield and, and work around from there. And, and, I mean, the outfield's still there, too. It's not like I'm just moving to the infield. I'm a utility guy, so we're going to keep every option available. You know, it's not just going to be infield here and there. But if it is, then, then I'm a happy camper and I'm ready to go on and do what they want to do. How many gloves do you have? And... What is your, let's say, on a game day routine, even in spring training, what is your routine in terms of taking ground balls, fly balls at various spots? Well, I have, I believe it's seven. I have seven gloves that I'll be bringing. I, don't, I only have a couple here now, but I'll be bringing seven gloves. And a daily routine will be, um, you know, get an idea where I'm going to play that day. Uh, if it's the outfield, I'll take some fly balls, and I'll take maybe a couple rounds of ground balls. But if I'm playing infield, I'll take some ground balls, whatever position I'm playing. And... Um, you know, take it in and hit and get ready for the game. I know when we talked last year, when you came to your first camp, you mentioned the influence of Ben Sobers had on you. Who do you lean on in this camp to continue to grow, and who are some guys you seek some advice, information from? You, you try and evolve and make a big league club for the first time. Um, you know, both Logans have been great. Morrison and Forsyth um, have been really good. I work out with Logan Morrison in the off season, so he's been a uh, He's been fun to be around, been fun to hang out with. Um, you know, a guy who's been a really good guy since I've been here. Um, just everybody here is pretty good and open and, and willing to help no matter what. So I wouldn't say there's just one guy. There's a couple specific guys, but everyone's a pretty big help in, in seeking information and things like that. You had a terrific year in Durham last year. I mean, you put up probably your best numbers offensively. From an overall standpoint, where are the things – or areas that you want to grow this year? 
Um, wow, that's a good question. I, I, I wouldn't say grow. Um, I want to stay consistent uh, in this game. My goal is, is to stay consistent, and from what I understand, that's everyone else's goal too. If you can stay consistent, have the years, and, and keep producing the way you are, then that's what it is. I'm getting a year older. Or I'm growing a little bit more, maybe maturity-wise, or you know, maybe my brain's thinking a little bit different. But other than that, I just want to stay consistent and have continually good years so the way I have, and that's that's what I'm looking forward to going into this season. Utility guys don't know where they're going to play. Hey, at the major league level, you may not play an assistant basis. I haven't seen you play regularly, but a lot of people talk about the fact that you have a fairly short swing. How helpful is that, do you think, in a utility role? Um, I think it plays. Uh, if you stay nice, short, and easy, you know you don't have to get consistent at bats to hopefully put together a good at bat. Um, having a nice, short, easy swing is going to help be more consistent like we just talked about and being consistent is is what leads you into having a good career or being what you want to be and I think that's what plays the most. That's Taylor Motter now evolving into a true super utility by showing the ability to play shortstop. We do daily interviews with Motter and others in Rays camp. Catch them all at raysradio.mlblogs.com. Now don't forget our next Countdown to Opening Day show airs this Thursday from 7 to 8 p.m. with shortstop Brad Miller and hitting coach Derek Shelton. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you soon.